Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. So I don't know what to call this episode. We're going to talk about the parameters, and you wanted to say meet the parameters, and that sounds like they're people, like meet the Jetsons, that sort of thing. But they're not people. They're ideas, right? They're virtues. They're the good vibes of the bodhisattvas. Is that correct? They're the good qualities. Yes, the virtues, the perfections. Now, last week we were like, what's a bodhisattva? So I thought this week would be let's meet a paramita. You know, last week, by the way, people said, you know, we missed the Abbott and Costello bit. You know, who's on for what's on second in the outfit? We could have done it, you know. But uh, anyway. As I replied in the forum, I was leaning in that direction. And at one point I said, he's on third base, right? And I was waiting for you to pick up on it. But we can't do Abbott and Costello every time. That's, that's too, it's just too obvious. Well, there's no end of alliteration on the show. So we had, what's a bodhisattva? Now we're going to meet a paramita. Okay. All right, Let, don't overthink it. Let's meet a paramita. So paramitas are the virtues of a bodhisattva, right? Yes, they're the virtues of a bodhisattva, which means they're uh, how to live in a good way. And uh, not just for the big bodhisattvas in the sky we talked about, you know, last time. It means for you and me, too. But I got, I got one bone to pick about these parameters. Okay, go ahead. Ask me what that is. What, what bone do you have to pick with the parameters? Okay, like a lot of things in Buddhism, these can get to be a bit exaggerated and idealized, if you ask me. For example, we're talking about some very good qualities. And when you exhibit these qualities, you are truly acting with the heart of a Buddha. But what happens in Buddhism sometimes is people want to say that the Buddha was perfect, the Bodhisattvas are perfect, therefore they were perfectly all these things, beyond, you know, just beyond all human possibility of not just generosity, that's the first one we're going to talk about, but they were so generous that there was not a selfish bone in their body. And I'm a little bit more, you know, okay, guys, tone it down a bit. You know, let's, let's bring it down to earth. So they're saying that these people were perfectly perfect. Perfectly virtuous. Perfectly. They're perfections in, in, in the sense of, of when we do this, we're, we're acting in a perfectly very good way. But I don't think that it means we have to be superhuman about these qualities. Well, you can't be perfect anything. It's just not possible in the universe. You can if you're the Buddha. That's the whole point of Buddhism, right? Well, but was he even perfect? He left his wife and kids, right? That's not really perfect. He didn't leave his wife and kids. Everything in, in Buddhism is explained away. He did it for the perfectly best of reasons is to save the world. And, and eventually the wife and kids forgave him and they came and joined the, the Sangha and all that. But the point is, we're going to get into these qualities. And I want to say this, whether we are a perfect human being or not, when we exhibit these qualities, we are manifesting the virtues of a bodhisattva. And you'll see what I mean. And when we do the opposite to these, we're exhibiting 
Mara, that devil we spoke about last time. Can we be perfect just for one day, for an hour, for a minute? Can we be perfect for a while, and can that be a step toward being perfect more often? Well, people say when you're sitting zazen, that's perfection, but that's because you're kind of sitting there not doing anything. And (laughs) then, of course, your thoughts may be, you know, not the best of thoughts in that moment. But, you know, frankly, no, I I, I think these qualities, if we're, we're, we're going to bring them down to earth, are directions where if we go in the gener, the first one is generosity. All right. If we go in the direction of generosity and away from selfishness, then we're going in the Buddhist direction. So we've already got the precepts, and I'll link in the show notes to an episode where we discussed the precepts. We've got to do all those things in the precepts, and now we've got to do all these things in the paramitas. What's next? Well, first off, Buddhists like their lists. Man, we got lists of all kinds of things. And a lot of those lists, lists, lists overlap. They're overlapping lists. All right. So a lot of the good stuff from the uh, precepts and the virtues we're, we're talking about today, the same stuff, same stuff. And also we're going to talk about something called the Brahma Viharas. We may not get to it this episode. Uh, it'll be when a coming episode, if we don't get to it today. Also, good stuff also over, overlaps, a lot of overlapping good stuff. Uh, and you'll see that when we get into it. So we should get into it. We should get in. Let's, because we've already gone like five minutes circling around the idea of the paramitas. Why don't we start talking about them? I think the first one you mentioned is generosity, right? Generosity, right. Now, this can be many kinds of generosity. And it doesn't mean in my book, again, that you don't take care of yourself, too. You need to feed yourself. You, uh, as they say on the airplane, you put your oxygen mask on before you help everyone else. You have to, you know, it it doesn't mean that you have to be completely self-sacrificing. There's a story about the Buddha that when he saw a hungry tiger, he gave himself, you know, as a meal to the tiger. That's how good the Buddha was. This was in a, a previous life, you know. But uh, again, I'm, on a daily basis, I don't give myself to tigers. And even if I'm doing good in the world and I'm trying to be generous, uh, you got to keep a nice balance here. But generally, we should not act with selfish intent. We know what selfishness is. Oh, we know what selfishness is. <laughs> so when we're generous, be directed towards others. Be good and kind. And when you have a meal in this world, let's see that everyone has a meal. So that's that's the first one. Generosity, Dana. Okay, the second one is virtue, morality, proper conduct. I'm looking at a, a Wikipedia page with a list here. So the actual translation of the terms might be different in other lists. So virtue and morality. Yeah, well, we're going to have to make sure, by the way, your list is the same one as my list, or I'm going to, we're going to, Sometimes these lists are not quite the same or yeah. they're translated a little differently. But in this case, mine is the same. It's ethics, morality, precepts. It's what we were talking about that you see this overlaps with the precepts that you asked about. Because, you know, there's a lot about our practice that is actually formless. And sometimes we drop, how to say, judgments of good and bad. And for example, there's a lot of practices that require bare attention without being judgmental. The mindfulness people are into this quite a bit, sitting with bare intention. And for that reason, you can use a lot of our practices to be a mindful hitman or a mindful drug dealer or a mindful corporate president who's polluting a river. To keep the good heart, we don't go over to the dark side, like in that you know Star Wars thing. We have a dark side too, 
You want to stay on a good path. It keeps the heart free too. The person who's filled with ugliness and hate, anger, all that, is going to have a lot of trouble feeling the wholeness of the world. The precepts to be good, to be generous, to avoid killing, for example, to be avoid to avoid stealing, makes the practice easier for us and also makes a better world. It's a it's a win win. You said you could be a mindful hitman, and that reminded me of a film called Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai with Forrest Whitaker, where he was a hitman, but he was following the ancient code of the samurai, and he was he wasn't really Zen, but he was Zen, and it was kind of the idea of a mindful hitman. So, if you want to see an example of how that works. Um, ghost dog, the way of the samurai. Well, the Pentagon is using a lot of meditation and Buddhist influence mindfulness techniques to make better soldiers, which I understand their reasons for doing that. They want people to go into the battlefield calmly. They want a guy who picks up a rifle and he can focus. But that's not what we're supposed to be about here. And uh, so uh, nonviolence, that's one of our ways. Remember that. Okay, so the next one is renunciation. And this is the one... No, 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 no. You see, you got to go with my list. You see, this is what happened. You went over to renunciation. I don't even think that's on my list. I told you I'm on Wikipedia. Okay, what's your next one? Okay, then? we'll cover yours too in a second. But now you're going off on a different... Mine was patient. Oh, patience. okay. Patience here isn't even in the list. No. Nope. All right. Well, maybe uh, it's uh, the Shanti, the Shanti Paramita. Is that what you have there? Shanti with a K? Shanti Paramita. Patience. Yes. Sorry. Patience, tolerance, forbearance, acceptance, endurance. That's number six. Oh, okay. Well, it's number three on my list. Okay. So uh, patience. Why do you have to be patient? You got to be patient when your partner on the podcast drops something unexpected on you, or <laughs> as we have every week with the microphone and camera don't work. Patience is very important. Patience in this world is uh, the trigger to anger, right? If we were a lot more tolerant in this world and accepting of each other and conditions in, these, uh, of, in this world, we might get along better. Patience is uh, very important. You said patience is the trigger to anger. It's actually impatience that's the trigger to anger. See, you got it wrong, Jundo. Well, the lack of patience. Right. The lack of patience. You're always overthinking these things. Yes. Yes. The lack of patience. I'm losing patience with you. See? Kirk, to be honest. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. What's next on your list? Uh, well, you know, we better do renunciations. It's kind of a detour. Okay. Uh, which I will call living simply. It's kind of related to generosity and other things. Don't be selfish. Don't uh, take, take, take. Live simply and give away. Uh, don't uh, indulge yourself with excess. Ours is, uh, you know, especially for lay people at home, not people in a monastery, not people who are ascetics in a cave, live with moderation. So that's what I call renunciation. But my next one is effort. You gotta have stick to You can't do any of these unless you work at them. They're not just automatic. There's, there's not a pill for parameters. There's no parameter pill. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Someday we'll have parameters and a pill. But uh, patience is important, but so is effort, because we have to stick with this practice. Even though we say all the time, there's nothing to attain. You have to drop your goals, even the goal of enlightenment. You know, to really be at peace and accepting of this life, you must accept things as they are. But that's not an excuse to give up. It's kind of like it takes work to discover that there's uh, no goal to attain, you see. It's kind of a catch-22 there. Yeah, that's one of the interesting paradoxes of Zen. And you say all the time that there's no goal to attain, there's nothing to do, we're just sitting, we're doing nothing, 
yet we know we're doing something, yet we have to think that we're not doing something and not trying to attain anything. And we actually have to learn to not pretend that we're trying not to attain something and actually internalize the idea that there's nothing to attain. Right. And it's our, our way is not complacency and it's not giving up and it's not, uh, how to say, not caring or just twiddling our thumbs. It's actually an active, vibrant life of having goals and goallessness too, all together. You hear me, you know, say that all the time. So we need, you know, to be diligent and and careful and energetic in this practice. This is true. What's the name of this one in Sanskrit? Because I see two that could cover that, virya and aditana. I don't know my aditanas for my virya's, but I have here virya, which I bet, you know, all these words in Sanskrit are kind of related to, uh, you're, you're the linguist, but virile, I bet you there's a connection there. You know, effort, virile. Could be. You know, sutra, the sutra, you know, the word sutra is actually related to suture, which means uh, a book tied together. Sewed together, yeah. Yes, but this is not Sanskrit class today. Or, or uh, So let's get back to our list. So the other one I have is aditana, which is determination and resolution. How is that different from effort? Sounds pretty similar to me. Wait a second. Let me, let me scroll down here. Is that later on my list here? Wait a second. Wait. Uh, I'm losing my place here with my, my perfections. Uh, whatever you did. What did you just say? Aditana. What does it mean? Uh, determination and resolution. Yeah, that's good too. Put them on the list. Toss them in there. Yeah, that's all. This is all connected. People see how this goes now. These are just all good qualities. Okay. So wait, you've got a different list, and the parameters don't agree between yours and mine. Doesn't matter. They're all good stuff. Okay. So pick another pick another one at random, and we'll go ahead. P people are getting the feeling for this. These are all excellent qualities. You really need to have all these things that you're naming too. Uh, they all keep us on a good direction in life. And and one that's that's important on my list is jhana, which is Zen, which is meditation or Zazen, is considered a quality. A bodhisattva does not forget to keep Zazen mind and the practice of Zazen, meditation. That one's not even on my list. What kind of a list is this on Wikipedia? Where did you get your list? Well, I don't get my list from Wikipedia. I get my list. I got a guy who gives me the, I got the inside the list here. No, this is where I got my list. Ah, wait a second. I scrolled down and there's a second list. Hold on. So the first one was the Theravada parameters and the second one is the Mahayana parameters. Oh, okay. Not only are there a whole bunch of them, but there's different lists depending on which team you're on. Well, just go with my list, okay? Just go with my list. Okay, so jhana is, let's see, that's the fifth one. One-pointed concentration and contemplation. That's meditation, as you said. Now we're on the same page. Okay. Yes. So right. we then come up to prajna paramita, and that's one of the big ones, isn't it? Prajna paramita, as in the Heart Sutra, we say prajna paramita, the Perfection of Wisdom, that's in the title of the Heart of the Perfection of Great Wisdom Sutra. Yes, it comes from the Zazen. Wisdom in this case is seeing through this world of separation to emptiness and the wholeness, the flowing wholeness of it all, between uh, all the division we have in our mind, all that cast away, me and you, birth and death, all that. When we experience that, where all the separation is swept up in the wholeness, the emptiness of separate self-existence, it is prajna, wisdom, yes. That sounds complicated. 
Well, we talk about that's what we talk about here every week, you know, <laughs> seeing through all the division to realize emptiness. What do you got next on yours? I've got Upaya Paramita, skillful means. Yeah. Now we're looking at the same wiki. Okay. Yes, exactly. Upaya is skillful means. Now, you would think this is not a virtue of perfection because it's, I've spoken about skill, skillful means before. It kind of means doing what you need, which sometimes can be a little white lie, in order to get the messages, uh, the beautiful teachings across to folks. Uh, skillful means could include, oh, I don't know, doing a uh, funny podcast. For example. And uh, trying to get these teachings out there. Yeah. Yes, this is our skillful means. Yes. Yeah. And it could also be telling your wife that the dress looks good on her, that sort of thing. Well, that's a, yes. I do that just to keep uh, peace in my house, not necessarily get the Buddhist teachings across, but uh, it also prevents violence, I suppose. But, you know. Well, I think that's a good example of how skillful means can be applied, that in order to maintain peace and serenity and jhana, you need to sometimes do things that aren't entirely, I don't know what's the right word, perfect? These are perfections, and sometimes we have to be slightly imperfect to be perfect, right? There's a saying that a bodhisattva sometimes needs to break a precept in order to keep a precept. Right. But you have to be very careful as playing with dynamite, Yeah. you know. But, if, for example, the preserved life, you may sometimes need to rob a bank to get money to feed the, the hungry. But, you know, you got to be very careful with that and also be willing to bear the karma and uh, to, to the, the possible prosecution in jail time uh, for, for doing that. So it's, it's very dangerous to break the precepts because, you know, trouble may result. But, but again, we don't expect perfection. I said generosity, but you don't have to give away your last penny, even though we work to make sure everyone's fed. You don't have to be a machine of effort, effort, effort all the time, there's a time to take rest. You don't have to be meditating all the time, even though Zazen meditation is a good thing. Uh, you don't have to be all, you don't have to be wise necessarily all the time. There's a time to see through this world of separation, and there's time just to, to live in this world of separation as a, as a normal being. Okay, the next one on my list is... Number what? Number eight, Pranidhana Paramita, Vow, Resolution, Aspiration, Determination. That's the one I mentioned earlier on the other list. Now, let me, let me say here, we've kind of gone into... Let me say we've kind of gone over into the bonus round here. Oh. Let me explain. Some of these lists only have the first six. Right. So these extra ones are kind of thrown in, probably because somebody was having a podcast like this centuries ago and came up with all these extra ones and said, yeah, toss them in too, like we were doing tonight. Well, they needed a few more episodes. Yeah, you, you know, you can't run out of these good qualities. But anyway, now we're up to, did you say uh, pranidana? Yes. Yes. The virtue of vow and commitment. We make vows and commitments to do this practice, to rescue other sentient beings, to keep going. This also ties in with effort. Uh, we make vows to keep the precepts. Uh, we're not going to be able to do that perfectly. There are times we may fall down and uh, hopefully not too badly, uh, but to break the precepts hopefully in small ways, but then we get up, dust off and go again. Uh, but to keep vow and commitment is very important for a bodhisattva, and for you and me, and uh, not only in our marriage, not only in our, in you know, the promises we make to friends, uh, many places in life, we must keep our vows and commitments. 
Okay, I have Bawa Paramita next, which is spiritual power. That doesn't sound... Power is, is a term that sounds a little bit negative here. It, it, you know, this is where it's really interesting to read a lot of the old Zen masters because they had to hedge their bets. They were supposed to be these great enlightened beings. And uh, I'm sure their students came to them and said, hey, Roshi, says here in the book, you're supposed to be able to levitate. How come I've never seen you <laughs> levitate, you know? Or uh, read minds. You know, here, I'm thinking of a number from 1 to 27. What is it? You know, uh, supposedly, if you did these meditation practices, including Zazen, and became a fully enlightened being, you would have certain mystical powers of seeing the future. I predict the past. Now, I'm very good at predicting the past, (laughs) you know, but I'm not very good at predicting the future. So the Zen masters came up with some wonderful workarounds. And I'll tell you two of my my favorites. They kind of they never said, "Well, tell you a truth, I can't levitate." They kind of said, "Well, I don't want to, you know, show off." <laughs> that was number one. Okay, all right. First, I don't want to show off. They just I, I'm not saying I can't, but I'm not going to do it. But the next one they say is, "Oh, you want to know the real magic power? What you're doing right now? I see you're drinking a lovely tea. Yes, indeed. Yep. Breathing." is a mystical magic power. The whole universe has brought us here to breathe and just to to see, to see the sunshine is a mystical, to scratch our nose, to walk on two legs. They would say that. Uh, to, as we say, chop wood and carry water. The ordinary things in life are the real magic powers. And I like that very much. Okay, the last one in my list is Janana Paramita, which is knowledge. How is that different from Prajna Paramita, which is wisdom? Yeah, I think... Uh... This is um, kind of understanding uh, the the point of all these teachings naturally in our heart. I guess that would be the best way to say it. It's not just knowledge like, uh, you know, knowing, uh, can you name all the uh, prime ministers of, of England in the last five years? I can't. They keep <laughs> changing, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, that's not the kind of knowledge we're talking about. We're talking about uh, true knowledge, understanding of all this in our heart. All right. So I think uh, we've gotten through this list, but there's there's a lot more. You know, were there any of the Theravadan list you saw that we didn't cover? Well, it seems that most of them are the same, but just slightly different. Like Upeka, which is e- equanimity and serenity, which is probably similar to j- Jhana. And there's goodwill, friendliness, loving kindness, meta parameter. Yes. Well, okay. We First don't have off, that one. Meta uh, is a big thing for the Theravadans. This is crossing over into the so-called Brahma Viharas, which I don't want to confuse the Paramita with the Brahma Vihara. Uh, do we have enough time for the Brahma Viharas, or is it a future episode? We're going to have to make another episode for the Brahma Vihara. We're going to talk about it when? Next time. Next time. Yes. <laughs> okay. So at least we know what we're going to talk about next time. We just got to think of a title. Yes, Brahma Vihara. We'll think about that sometime in the next two weeks. All right, Roshi, where do we go from here? Just be good. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.